When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search. But what if you could get rid of the search and just match? You can with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. On the Gopher Sports Network, from Learfield IMG College, this is the Golden Gopher Podcast, presented by Schuler Shoes. Fall fun starts at Schuler Shoes. Step in for the largest selection of footwear for the season, or visit SchulerShoes.com. And by Red Savoy Pizza, soda-style pizza since 1965. Find us online at SavoyPizza.com. Happy New Year, happy 2020, and welcome back to the Golden Gopher Podcast. I'm Justin Gard from KFAN Radio and the Gopher Radio Network. Thanks, as always, to our friends at Schuler Shoes as well as Red Savoy Pizza for helping us out. And we're uh, excited to start 2020 with, a, I think, one of the first repeat guests, and we threatened this about a month ago, but he's the athletic director. Mark Coyle is back. Uh, we ran out of time last time, boss, so we needed to bring you back to finish the uh, – it's not a, quite a trilogy, but finish the story from last time. Do you remember where we left off? Uh, I don't remember where I left I don't off, either. and I'm sure most of our listeners don't remember where we left off either. So. No, but we went biographical. We're not going to do that quite as much today. I told you that um, we're going to talk about your favorite topic, which was yourself. We kind of got that out of the way, which I really enjoyed. It was fun to hear some stories about how you got here, but there's a lot of things to, to talk about with Gopher Sports. The fact that we're both, I still think, uh, basking in the glow. We still have that Minnesota red shade which I call when you know people from the north go to the south for like a week. Mine's starting to peel a little bit, but you look like you just got back from Tampa. Yeah, you know, it's obviously a great trip down to Tampa, you know, and I had a chance to go down there. Uh, PJ and I had to go down there in uh, early December after they made a bowl announcement for a press conference with uh, both athletic directors and both head coaches. And one of the uh, reps from the Outback Bowl told me she can always tell when people from the Big Ten get to Tampa around the holiday <laughs> season because of uh, our skin tone and how burnt we get when we leave Tampa. So uh, had a great trip down there, uh, not too much peeling skin, but what a great win over Auburn and a great step forward for our football program and Coach Fleck. What are you going to remember from the entire Outback Bowl experience? What stands out? Uh, you know, two things stand out. First off, I'm just so grateful for this group of seniors on our football team. Uh, you know, PJ's talked about it. That group has been through a lot, and for them to uh, pursue severe. Uh, they learned a lot of life lessons during their time here at Minnesota, and I was excited for them and the uh, enthusiasm they had at the end of that game. Uh, but second, um, our fans. Uh, I was yeah. completely blown away. Uh, Garji, you and I talked about that when we saw each other, I think, at that Soda Social on Tuesday, the day before the game. Um, I am just so appreciative of people 
uh, who have bought into our program. They've bought into what we're trying to do. Uh, if you remember when we hired Coach Fleck, we talked about how he can connect people. Uh, there's no doubt he's connected people. Uh, but when you connect people, it requires two people to be involved. And mm-hmm. our fans have done a phenomenal job supporting our football program. And for them to be down there in Tampa, and it literally felt like a home game for us, which was awesome to be a part of. Now, those are kind of the two things that I'm going to remember from the season. Like, obviously, the credit goes to the players and the coaches. But the other thing on the, on the side of it is people ask me all the time, I've said it since we got back. The people are what I'm going to remember from this season, whether it was the Penn State game at 11 o'clock and you asked them to wear maroon and everybody did and they had the towels or the Wisconsin game or what happened in Tampa. Because I went into that game and, you know, it was Auburn, right? And you're reading about Derek Brown. You're like, you know, it's been – bull trips are a good reward and you're kind of doing that whole thing. And whatever happens during the game is fine. The fans did not share that sentiment. The fans were ready to roll and really deliver that team whatever they needed to deliver – I'm never going to forget how the people responded to this group. It feels like almost a dormant fan base has been awakened, so to speak. Yeah, no doubt. And and they were dialed in from the very beginning. You know, and guards, we've talked all on. You know, I've been in college athletics for 25 years now, and, and I learned early on in the process when you have a chance to play in the bowl game, your number one priority should be to win the bowl game. Right. You know, that's why you play in it. You know, your second priority is to make sure you provide a great experience and a reward for your student athletes and for your fans. And obviously, I think when you look back at the Outback Bowl, we did those two things. We provided an awesome experience uh, for our fans and for our student athletes and we won the game which is a huge step forward but again our, our fans uh, this year are awesome uh, you know we talk about our student athletes being through a lot we talk about our administrators and coaches think about what our fans have yeah. been through you know I, I remind people when I was hired three and a half years ago I think I was a fourth athletic director over a six-year period you know something crazy like that or since like 2012 and you know I'm the fourth person to stand up and say hey believe in what we're trying to do be a part of what we're trying to do long term and and again we're just so grateful for the support of our fans Uh, as you know those venues are completely different when you have people there and and when people are there whether it be for our volleyball program when they make their final four run our football program uh, you know baseball softball men's women's basketball the hockey's when people are there in that building it's just a different vibe a different feeling and we're just so grateful for the support we get can you give me a sense or give our listeners a sense of all the people behind the scenes that set up all those different things like the gaspers grotto soda social which was so busy that people had to just spill over into different i was meeting gopher fans all over the place because the actual event was full to the event at Steinbrenner Field, to all the different things. I mean, how, how much work went into, in that short amount of time, making sure everybody had a good time? Oh, you know, a great, great, great deal of work. You know, you know, I remind people, I try to remind them when I, when I speak publicly, you know, we have 275 full-time staff. You know, we have a big operation, a big organization, and I hope people understand how much pride um, – my coworkers taken being a part of this athletic program and being a part of representing not only this institution, but the state. And I couldn't name everybody that was involved, yeah. but, but guards, you know, we had so many people who stepped up, as you know, John Cunningham, who was our deputy athletics director, who handled a lot of our planning. Uh, fortunately for he and his wife, Caitlin got the AD job at Cincinnati. So he left right before the bowl game. Uh, so we had a lot of people that stepped up, took on additional roles and responsibilities. And from the soda social uh, to the pep rally before the game at Steinbrenner Field uh, across from Outback State. I mean, just phenomenal uh, work from our staff and just so grateful for the effort they put in to make sure it was a first-class experience. We've seen the videos by now um, of Coach Fleck and you on the field as well as some things in the locker room. What are those moments like? I mean, are you able to process those moments in real time and really enjoy them? Because that's why everybody's in sports for moments like that. What, what are you going to remember about that scene? 
You know, the, the, the thing I'll remember about PJ is, you know, uh, when he and I, you know, when you hire a football coach or when you hire any coaching position, um, you know, you, you, you have to move so quickly because recruiting never stops. And, and I think you've seen in the hires that we've made here in Minnesota, uh, we've been able to wrap them up pretty quickly because right. uh, I, I, I pay a lot of attention to the student athletes and what they're going through. Obviously they have anxiety. They have questions because they're going to have a new coach come in. And I think the longer it takes to do a search, the more that anxiety builds, um, the concern builds. And so we try to move very quickly. And so, you know, when we hired PJ three years ago, um, you know, did we imagine we'd be here this quick? No. Um, but I did believe that he would get us somewhere special and he's done just that. And, and I feel like we have a lot of work in front of us, but I can tell, you know, when PJ and I, we had a chance to talk yesterday, it was our three-year anniversary we yeah. joked uh i called i think uh, paul rovnack sent me a text and said hey it's your three-year anniversary with pj and i called pj and he's got heather on the phone and you know we call each other boss man he's like hey boss man i go hey it's our three-year anniversary he's yeah. like oh let's go have dinner <laughs> and that type of stuff so but but it's it's good to be with pj because i think you know when he came here he believed in what we were trying to do and and, and what i talked about uh, and John Cunningham, Ron McFarland, Julie Manning, uh, others that were involved in that hiring process. You know, we talked about, like, it can be done at Minnesota, and we have to talk about it. And, and we have to have this mindset that we can win at a high level. You know, we have Athletes Village that was going to open up a year later, which now that's open. You see the impact that it has on mm-hmm. our program. We have a new football stadium, some of those things. So just when PJ and I are together, just really grateful that he and Heather believed in what we were trying to do. Uh, and, again, just very optimistic about our future and what it looks like for not only our football, program but for all of our programs that compete at a high level has it has the three years gone by quickly or do you feel like they've uh, been long you know we, the, it's like it's the longest three years ever or the shortest three to me it feels short I don't know if I'm just you know still basking in the Tampa sun but it doesn't <laughs> feel like it's been three years no it, it's gone very quickly and and you know the number one question I get and I know you get this question all the time is he like that all the time yeah and the answer is yes mm-hmm. he is like that all the time uh, and I tell people you know he and I talk every day and I think we talked about this when I was with you uh, earlier in the year our conversations if I had to break them down about 90 percent of our conversations have nothing to do with football right it's about life it's about uh, what can we do to make this place better for our student athletes what can we do to make it better for our fans how can we improve the experience at TCF Bank Stadium you know what can we do to our facilities to enhance them um, you know it's rarely about football and hey here's what we got to do to win tomorrow you know and, and, and I really enjoy that part of PJ he's very different um, and, I, and I mean that in a totally positive way I, I, I can't tell you you know how many coaches come up to me that I see across the country through my relationships that talk about, hey, what he's doing up there is really special. And, uh, you know, people all the time, I think, you know, they, they see row the boat, they see him talk about his culture. But when you peel all that back, he can flat out coach, right. you know, and you saw what we did against Auburn, which is an unbelievable program, uh, great tradition, great history. So uh, again, we're just very grateful, but the time's gone incredibly quickly and, and just really, again, grateful that he's here and grateful for the influence he and Heather have had on our entire football program in our department. You mentioned John Cunningham leaving right before the bowl game. He's at Cincinnati now, his first crack at the uh, big chair. I want to talk to you about the differences of the uh, associate's chair, the deputy chair, and the big chair. I'm sure you guys have talked a lot about that, but you said at the bowl game, you've been an AD for X amount of years and he's been with you every step of the way so what has it been like with him in Cincinnati a a person you relied on heavily is now 
you know, kind of uh, on his own on his own terms now, and you're you're dealing with all that. What's that been like? Yeah, it's it's been different to be honest with you. You know, I, I feel like the band's broken up, and and what I mean by that, uh, Rhonda McFarland, who is our other depth athletic director and our CFO, uh, you know, Rhonda and John were with me at Boise State. They were with me at Syracuse, and then when I was given the opportunity to come back to Minnesota, uh, they were part of that process, and obviously came here to Minnesota. And I think Rhonda and I were, were walking around in shell shock for a couple of days. Uh, but I can tell you, guards, you know, when I met John eight years ago, and you know me, and I'm. I'm a nerd, obviously, and, and Cunningham, I'm not sure he's much further out there than me. Not the uh, coolest athletic yeah, department right? I've we're, ever seen. We're pretty low-key. Not a lot but, of swag, but yeah, that's we'll, all right. We'll take it. We'll take it every day, that whole low-ego <laughs> hire. Yep, low-ego hire put, uh, mantra that we live by. But, you know, the very first time I met John Cunningham, I'll never forget it. I was uh, named the athletic director at Boise State, and I flew out to the Las Vegas Bowl before I officially started because I wanted to meet with senior staff. And, and I had a chance to meet John, and John was actually the director of compliance at Boise State. Okay. So he did all the rules uh, from a compliance standpoint. And I sat down with him at a Starbucks in Las Vegas. And uh, he looked at me and the very first thing he said to me is that, hey, I'm your director of compliance and I have to work in compliance. I'm going to get out of athletics. And that took courage. I mean, so he told me that he wanted to become an AD. And I said, hey, we're just meeting each other. Uh, let me get out there. We'll figure it out together. So I got out there. And as we worked closely together, uh, I felt like he had really strong potential. And, and obviously, I made the move to have him become uh, our deputy athletics director for external affairs at Boise, same at Syracuse and here at Minnesota. So, um, you know, him being gone, uh, I'm so excited for he and Caitlin and Hank and Gus, our two boys. Uh, he will absolutely crush it at Cincinnati. He is more prepared and will do a great job. And, and, and I do feel like the bank broken up but what we're going to do here is um, I, I've been raised in, in college athletics where you know I'm a big believer that you promote from within and I feel like we have really talented people on our staff here where we can give some of John's responsibility to them and kind of continue to promote people within our department because we have got really good people who care a great deal about not only this athletic department but doing things the right way. Well and to run a good business or I mean everybody that works for you I assume and everybody listening right now you want to see a path forward at the organization if you like it right so I would assume that that's a good way to do things. Yeah, and it is. And as I said, you know, when I when I went to Kentucky, when I left here in 2005, I went down to Kentucky you know, and working with Mitch Barnhart, you know, on that staff, you have Greg Byrne, who's the athletic director at Alabama. You have Scott Strickland, who's the athletic director at Florida. You have Rob Mullins, who's the athletic director at Oregon right now. And then you have me here at Minnesota. It's a decent tree. Yeah. So I, I learned quickly from Mitch, you know, and all of us were kind of promoted from within and we all kind of moved within. So when I got to Kentucky, I was a senior social athletics director. When Rob left, I became the deputy athletics director and, and I saw that growth and it gave me um, a sense of urgency to work hard to kind of prove myself to continue to move up because I knew I wanted to become an athletic director. And there's no doubt we have very talented people on this staff who want to be athletic directors for some odd reason. I try to talk them out of it, but they want to do it. And uh, I feel like a big part of my job is to make sure I put people in positions where they can succeed and they can have growth in their job. And that gets them excited. And I think it creates and it shows in the work that we do every day. What do you remember uh, about the, the, the time frame now that John's going through where he's been kind of the right hand person for a while or a deputy or an associate. And then all of a sudden you've got the big office and you've got the big chair what do you remember about that from Kentucky to Boise, that transition? Yeah, well, well two things that, that stick out right away. I remember uh, when Rob Mullins, Rob was named the athletic director at Oregon about two, two and a half years before I got the AD job at Boise State. And I remember Rob called me and said, hey, congratulations, you won't sleep again. And uh, I've been an athletic director for eight years and I haven't slept. So yeah. I told that to John. I said, congratulations, you won't <laughs> sleep uh, because there's always something going on in your mind, right? right. With this type of organizations and how visible they are, there's always something you're thinking about. And then the second thing, uh, I, I use this analogy, you know, the backup quarterback is obviously the most uh, 
popular person on the team for sure with the fan base with the teammates and and i tell people and i had this conversation with john when he took the job at cincinnati I go now your jersey gets dirty now they tackle you you know and when you move into that um you know they use the phrase when you move into the chair you become the athletic director it's now your ship you start to understand that when you increase ticket prices when you make a coaching decision when you make a personnel decision uh they're writing about you they're talking about you now you know and, and they start to question everything you do which is cool because people care about that so uh, i just remember again not sleeping which i still haven't fixed and b uh, your uniform gets dirty now but that's all part of it what's the best way to deal with that I mean, because that has to be an adjustment for anybody where you're in the background and then all of a sudden, and you've obviously dealt with a lot. You've taken a lot of arrows here in your short time here. I'm sure that we mentioned the time with PJ being short. I'm sure other periods here have seemed very, very long. Yeah. So what's the what's your mechanism to deal with all of that and just kind of get through all of that and understand it is part of the job? I can tell you the first thing not to do is to not listen to your wife and go out and run and break your leg. Yeah. That's bad advice. Don't do that part of it. But, How long were uh, you on the shelf for that? Uh, I was 10 weeks on the shelf, but yeah. I got back in eight weeks because my wife's a physical therapist and she said you're going to get better quicker. So, nice. I, I, so I got out of that boot and was back to running uh, in eight weeks. So if any of you need help, see Kristen <laughs> Coyle. Um, my my type, uh, what I try to do, you know, um, I, I've, I've developed a mindset where uh, things become almost like scar tissue. And I don't mean that negatively at all, because uh, when you become an athletic director, it does sting when people take shots at you. Sure. I mean, it's just natural, right? Our, our, when you walk into a store and somebody makes a comment to you, or you're filling up your car with gas and somebody makes a comment to you, that's just part of the process. And so what I've learned to try to do is, is uh, obviously I love to run. I love to be active and do things like that. But, but what I try to do is, uh, and Jeremy Foley, who uh, was the athletic director at Florida yeah. when I was uh, at Kentucky is a mentor of mine, somebody who I have a great deal of respect for. You know, Jeremy told me one time, as the athletic director, your number one job or your number one priority is to make sure you make the best decisions for the institution. Don't make the best decisions for Mark Coyle. Don't make the best decisions for a coach, but you make the best decision for the institution. And so when I have to make difficult decisions or when I have to make decisions that are gonna impact a lot of people. Right. I always try to make the best decision for the institution. So if Mark Coyle is not the right person for this position and they remove me, I get that that's part of the deal. But at least I made decisions that were best for the institutions. And, I, and I'm hopeful that as people look back at some of the decisions we've made here at Minnesota, uh, they understand that we tried to make those decisions that were best for the University of Minnesota and the university and the department and the fan base. Well, the other thing I remember Jeremy uh, Foley saying over the years is whatever is going to, whatever needs to be done eventually must be done immediately. I don't know if he ever said that to you, but but that, that resonated with me so much when I just think about different decisions you have to make or whatever. If you're not feeling right about something, if you feel like you have to make a change, you might as well just do it because it's not like it's going to fix itself. Yeah, it, it won't. And, and and you're right. You know, a big part, you know, another thing that Jeremy, uh, you know, I remember when I was at Kentucky again and, and I was at the SEC men's basketball tournament in Atlanta and Jeremy was talking to a group of us who wanted to become athletic directors. And, and you know, there I can in that room, I can tell you like four or five of us are now athletic directors at, at autonomy five institutions and uh, our Power Five conferences. And, you know, he talked about, he goes, like, you think your job as an athletic director is, you know, being in the suite at the football game or right. being on the sideline, being next to the women's basketball coach when she gets a big win, you know, those type of things. And that's really a small part of what I do. Uh, a big part of what I do is the personnel side of it. You know, and again, when you have 275 full-time staff, um, the amount of personnel items that we deal with every day, good, bad, and different, are amazing to me. And Jeremy talked about that's a big part of your job, and you better be really good at that because you know you talked about earlier you said you're going to remember from Tampa are the people right. the experience right and and what I've learned and if you talk to our staff 
you know, I talk all the time, the most important thing we have is our people, our personnel asset. And if we have the right people, if we have people who want to do things the right way, we have people who have great integrity, great honesty, a commitment to representing the institution the right way, we'll have success. And I think hopefully in these past three and a half years that we've all been together, you know, I feel like our program's moving in the right direction across all of our sports, academically, athletically, socially. I think we're making great strides. It's because we have really good people. So again, a thing that Jeremy stuck with me is, and as you said, if you have an issue you have to deal with it it won't go away and you've got to be able to handle those personnel matters quickly and efficiently and make sure you make the best long-term decisions for the institution well we're running out of time again so you'll have to come back but in our final minute or two I know grades just came out for basically uh, everybody it seemed like another really good semester academically for for pretty much everybody yeah, you know, Gargi, I, I wish that I could tell you this was all Mark Coyle, and, and when I got here, we made this happen. But the culture at this place, even when I was here back in 2001 to five, there's just a mindset at the University of Minnesota that you're going to compete academically here. And and I believe we're going to have our highest grade point average of record. Um, all 25 programs are above a 3.0, uh, which is phenomenal. Uh, you know, football, not only do they win 11 games, go 11 and two, have a great outback win. I think their grade point average is above a 3.2. Men's basketball was above a 3.1. Uh, women's program record for men's Pro- hoops. Yeah. Program record. Rich Bertino will be the first to point that out, of course. Nothing to do with him, though. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing zero. to do with him. It's amazing. Uh, yeah. Lindsey Whalen, the women's basketball program. I mean, you go across all of our sport program doing a phenomenal job. And what's really cool is, and again, people lose sight of this. And, and I give credit to Paul Rovnack when he came up with this, this stat last year. I mean, last year, you know, we're the only power five institution of the 65 institutions that had a winning record in every team sport. You know, you think about that, how right. hard that is. We have back-to-back top 20 director cup finishes, which is awesome. But academically, and this is where we're different, you know, with all due respect to our professional teams here in the marketplace, and we love them all. And we're excited for the success they have. But our goal is to make sure we graduate our student athletes and we prepare them for the next 40 years. And, and it's exciting when we, when we can tell people, hey, we have a great point average of above a 3-3. Uh, we have our highest gradu- our graduation success rate we've ever had at the University of Minnesota. So we're doing things the right way academically, too, which is awesome. And, again, I clearly get we're evaluated on the wins and losses. Sure. But where we're different is we want to make sure we prepare these kids for the next 40 years of their lives, and I think we're doing a really good job well, of I that. think they go hand in hand. I mean, yeah. I think diligence in the classroom does extend to diligence on the court. I, I don't think there needs to be a separation of it. What st- stood out to me, and I think we've talked about this, is every coach that I've talked to, or a lot of them in this room, a lot of them either came here to the U, but a lot of them were academic, all Big Ten, academic, mm-hmm. all-American, yep. not just like once or twice, but maybe for the duration. So if you have people that understand the importance that they went through and how that helped them, I, I'm, that's got to trickle down to everybody. There's no doubt. It's a mindset. I mean, you're exactly right, guards. It's a mindset that people just know and they expect. And we talk all the time when, when we recruit student-athletes to our campus, we talk all the time. They've got to be able to compete in the classroom here. You know, uh, President Gable, our Board of Regents, our faculty, our staff, they've done a phenomenal job building up Minnesota. Minnesota academically and our, our great, you know, worldwide reputation as a top 25 research institution. And our kids not only have to compete in the Big Ten every day and compete at the NCAA, it's the highest level. But they also got to be able to compete in the classroom here at home. And it's just great to have that mindset that we do it, we do it well. I've asked you before, what's a typical day like for an AD? We all know there isn't one. So I'll get you out of here on this. What were you doing right before you came to do this podcast? And what are you on your way to doing to give people a sense of what your morning's been like? Okay, so a Tuesday morning, I don't know if that messes up the podcast whenever That's it goes fine. out, but we have a senior staff meeting, so I meet with uh, my direct reports uh, for about an hour and a half and get an update uh, from each unit on what's going on with our department. Again, with the 275 employees, trying to make sure you have a good understanding of what all the units are working on as we came through the holidays. Uh, and then after this, I am meeting with um, an outside group 
on facilities and how we can continue to improve our facilities and our uh, our first class experience that we provide to our uh, student athletes. So a lot of meetings today. That's an interesting day. Well, yep. get to it. Um, thanks for taking the time. Happy New Year. Um, you look very tan still, so that's good. You take better than me. Iowa, I th- Native Iowans, I think, take sun better than Native Minnesotans. That's what I'm going with at least because I'm going to be pale for the next six months. But we'll catch up hopefully in a couple of months. Thanks for taking the time. Thanks so much. That's Mark Coyle, Athletic Director, starting out 2020 on a, a very fun note. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Reminder, subscribe to us, rate us, help us out. The Golden Gopher Podcast, we appreciate Schuler Shoes and Red Savoy Pizza. And we will talk to you next week. Same channel, Golden Gopher Podcast, however you find them. This has been the Golden Gopher Podcast, presented by Schuler Shoes. Fall fun starts at Schuler Shoes. Step in for the largest selection of footwear for the season or visit SchulerShoes.com. And by Red Savoy Pizza, soda-style pizza since 1965. Find us online at SavoyPizza.com. The preceding has been a Learfield IMG College presentation of the Gopher Sports Network. Some people just know the best rate for you is a rate based on you with Allstate. Not one based on the driver who treats the highway like a racetrack and the shoulder like a passing lane. Why pay a rate based on anyone else? Get one based on you with DriveWise from Allstate. Not available in Alaska or California, subject to terms and conditions. Rates are determined by several factors, which vary by state. In some states, participation in DriveWise allows Allstate to use your driving data for purposes of rating. While in some states, your rate could increase with high-risk driving. Generally, safer drivers will save with DriveWise. Allstate Fire and Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates, Northbrook, Illinois.